I think because I was still focusing on the pleasing thing, right? That was why I was just, um, I think that was why I was just battling. But what I didn't realize at that point was that I was trying, I was trying to receive something that God was trying to give me for free. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to please, I'm trying to get love. I'm trying to get acceptance. I'm trying to get, you know, um, peace. But God's like, when you, when I sent my son Jesus to die for you, I gave you that already. You just have to walk in it. And right now you're not walking in it. And I didn't know that as a 19 year old kid. I mean, I know that now as a 26 year old, like, do I really wish I didn't have to go through that to learn that? Of course. But I'm happy that I did because I mean, think about it. Like it's, it's a powerful testimony. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to thank you for listening to the If I Must Boast podcast. I want to take a quick moment to share the heart and mission behind these episodes. 2 Corinthians 11.30 says, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. In sharing our weakness and stories of suffering, we are able to reveal God's strength and power. It is my hope that these real, authentic, raw conversations with just everyday people inspire you to the cross and give you the courage to share with your community what you were going through. Because within that, we are able to give God all the glory. With that, I am so excited for today's guest. Let's boast. Today on the podcast, we have a dear friend of mine, Henry. Do you still, is Scoot still the... I mean, I say it every now and then, but mostly we just say Henry at this point. Right, we'll but, do, you we'll know, do, we'll it's, do, it's either one. You can say whatever one you want. We'll do Henry Cuffey. <laughs> uh, I know him by Scoot. He is an ex-college. Is X the word? Because we still we're still teammates. We were still we were teammates. I mean, it's not, you're not we don't play teammate. anymore. But yeah, we don't play know. anymore. <laughs> Ex-teammate of mine in college. Ex-roommate of mine. Um, follower of Christ. Just all around a one, superb, pro at life, dude. Um, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Appreciate you having me. It's good to be here. Of course, of course. We are recording this podcast one day out from New Year's Eve, or I guess two days out from New Year's. Um, I was able to fly home to New Jersey. Henry lives in Maryland, so I'm throwing a kind of like a mini birthday party for myself, and thought it'd be cool for to have him come up. I haven't seen him in what over a year. Yeah, it's been about a year. About yeah, about a year, and. Uh, Thought it'd be cool to, to share his story, share our story together, and how it kind of has crossed paths, and uh, how God's really just worked in both of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, we'll we'll start there. Um, I think, actually, I want I want to start with the last time we saw each other. It was an awesome awesome opportunity for you to come down to Nashville with a few friends, mm-hmm. and some wild stuff happened. One of my best friends at the time got hit by a car and was like in a coma. In insane stuff, and and and, my, and Henry just met him, and a couple of my other friends just met him like mm-hmm. the day prior or something. Yeah, and he ran across the street, drunk, and got hit by a car and was in a coma for about two months. And that, in a weird way, that kind of kickstarted my faith wa- or, or jump-started a little bit more mm-hmm. or put or shifted back into gear maybe because i yeah. feel like i i had come to the lord before that 
but I kind yeah. of got lost in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You started a little bit before. And yeah. that was like, okay, like that could have been me. And um, seeing how he, how God just healed him, mm-hmm. like miraculously. The dude's mm-hmm. like went from being almost a vegetable to yeah. now is you wouldn't even know anything's different. Yeah, that was and, a blessing uh, in itself. The, for yeah. Sure. The, the cool story about that is the day that he got out of the hospital is the same day I got baptized. Because I was just like, man, this is wow. a sign if I ever saw one. I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually never no. knew that. And that's, it's a story I tell some friends because when he first had the accident, mm-hmm. I kind of put gave God an ultimatum, which I know you're not supposed to. But I was like, God, if, if, it's, if it's in your will, and I kind of worded it where it's like, hey, God, do what you're going to do here. But if you heal him, like I'll be, I'll be locked in. Like no more messing around. No more saying I believe this thing and not living the life that I need to be living as a Christian. And literally the day he got out of the hospital, same day, baptism. I'm like, I'm like God, you're oh. funny. Wow, like, you're funny. I actually never knew that story. Yeah. That's the so, first time hearing that. Yeah, that's insane. But I know you enjoyed your t- your time down in Nashville and everything's yeah. kind of honestly changed a little bit for you and your life. Uh, yeah, since I, yeah. Um, so I actually got rebaptized after um, the excursions that happened in Nashville in August back in 2022. Um, I got baptized. I think, I think a week before you did. Uh-huh. If I don't remember, if you don't, yeah. if you remember, yeah. So I got baptized about a week before you did. It was, it was actually very random. So um, I was at, I was at church in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I was at a Transformation Conference with Pastor Mike Todd and everything. And um, shout out Transformation. Yeah, shout out Transformation Church for real, for real, for real. Grabbing a jersey right now. Um, but I was there, and it was they have this thing called Flood Sunday, right? And so with Flood Sunday. Um, they had like buckets out and they had people standing in there and people getting baptized. And then as I'm there, like Holy Spirit was just like, are you ready to get in? And I was like, getting what? I was like, one, getting what? <laughs> Two, I have a flight to catch. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not finna go there. Like, I don't have any clothes. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then he was like, oh, nah. He was like, you'll be good. You're going to make your flight. They have clothes and stuff in the back. I'm like, all right. So then, um, the story that kind of happened, I guess around that time was, um, I like got changed and the second I got there, they were like, Oh, you have to register on your phone and I forgot my phone, right? And I'm like, Well, <laughs> guess it wasn't in the cards. And then literally the girl in front of me turns around and says, Hey, if you can't register, here's my phone, go ahead and do it. I was like, Okay. So I went ahead and registered, got my clothes changed, and I'm walking out and mind you, as I'm doing this, like I'm getting attacked, like spiritually, mm-hmm. like before I'm even getting to the before I'm even getting to the water. So I'm having like just intrusive thoughts saying things like why are you doing this? Is this for you? Or are you doing this just to get recognized for transformation church? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you even do this? You've gotten baptized before. This isn't going to mean anything like what's going on. And so mm-hmm. at this point I'm scared. I'm walking up there. I'm walking up to um, the pool to get baptized and like my hands are over my face. And I'm just like, Lord, like I just need you to show up. I don't know what's going on. And the second I prayed that prayer, a girl came out of nowhere and said, Hey, I know we've never met before, but like I was just standing over there and Holy Spirit told me to come talk to you. Are you okay? Instantly started crying. And I was like, I'm scared to dive in. Um I don't know I don't know if this was supposed to be what I'm supposed to do. Um and she was just like, Well, she's like, Okay, well I'll be here, like I'm gonna pray for you and everything and then I had another buddy come down and eventually I got in the water and um 
the lady, I just remember her name was, I'm not going to say her name for confidentiality purposes, but she just said, she was like, Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you, be prepared to be seen. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I don't know what that information is going with, but I receive it. And so then, you know, I got baptized and I came out of that water and I just, one, I was very emotional. So I probably cried for like a solid 15 minutes straight. I was just, I just couldn't hold it all together. And, but um, I say that to say is that that was a very pivotal day for me. So October 9, 2022, that was like, I've been baptized before, but I think that was the first time where I genuinely felt like it was for me, you know? So I think that was, yeah, very significant day in my life as of recently. When did you, what, at what point in your life before did you get baptized? Yeah. Um, So, um, so I don't know if you knew this, but like, so I basically grew up in church all my life. So, Mm -hmm. um, my dad was a minister for like the first eight years of my life. My mom has been a lay speaker, done audio in the church for as long as I can remember. So they say I got baptized as a baby, but obviously I'm not going to remember that because I'm a baby. Yeah. But another time was during COVID, I got baptized with my sister when we did a plus Sunday. So like around 2020. Um, so technically I've been baptized three times, but yeah. So I think, I guess just around this time, it was more of, I was worried about me not being my own person. I was worried about me not being my own um, being, like wondering if I really heard God myself or if I was relying on how God shows up in my mom's life or in my sister's life or in my dad's life. But the one thing that I'm learning, especially throughout this process, is that with faith and with your beliefs in God, your creator, it's all theory until it's tested. Mm, Right? That's good. it's all theory until you yourself are the one exercising what's going on. So I can sit there and I can say, all right, well, God showed up for my grandmother. God showed up for my aunt. God showed up for my sister. God showed up for my friends. But how did he show up for me? And can I see it? Mm-hmm. You know? So that's, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to dive into that, but I also feel like we can kind of transition a little bit of and, course. and get to the, get to the the heart of that yeah. in your life mm-hmm. um and how he's worked yeah uh, through the conversation yeah so i will kind of take a little different path here mm-hmm. i think the question i want to ask is just like from start you like you mentioned you know how your dad was involved in church yeah. and your mom but just kind of like your upbringing like who you were like who you are mm-hmm. um and how that maybe got directed or or what's the word i'm looking for here impacted yeah as a young like adolescent you know baby to eight years old through high school yeah and we can kind of dive into college years too yeah for sure how we had kind of met and all that yeah kind of like what what things impacted you Mm -hmm. and and your view on life yeah absolutely um so i will say for the early years of my life it was one of the biggest influences for sure was my grandmother Right. So my dad's mom lived with us, or should I say we lived with her, either one. We were all in the same house. Um, I spent most of my most of my uh child years with her. So it was basically it was Bishop G. E. Patterson on T V every day. It was we were singing like the Williams brothers or Canton Spirituals or it was, you know, there was some Luther Vandross in there all the time, right? And so um, that was big cause she was instilling in me just what it meant to love and what it meant to be loved and what it meant for God to love me. Like at such a young age. 
I think another thing that really just deterred me was I was a late bloomer with a lot of stuff. So how I actually got the nickname Scoot was because I was just a lazy child. And so I didn't walk until I was about 18 months old. Not because there was nothing wrong with me, but just I didn't feel like walking. For the viewer, uh, viewers or listeners, I, I don't even know what age babies start walking. So. Yeah, it's definitely not 18 months. Dude, it's dude, definitely it's, late. It's before that? Yeah, it's definitely before that. Because like 18 months, you're you're a year and a half old. Dude, I couldn't even. But like, you know what I mean? This is my so, ignorance. Yeah, most people, well, no, it's all good. Most babies so like walk around. like a year in, like, people are, ba- like a year in, babies are walking, or 14 or what? Yeah, so typically most babies start walking after like, so I know my sister, she was walking after nine, oh. after nine months. So like some babies is probably like oh, ten yes, or eleven or yeah. So I'm I'm late, extremely late. Like I'm almost two years old. You know what I mean? Sheesh. Yeah, crazy. But now you could jump out the gym. Or, yeah, well, you know, used to. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> used to. Yeah, used to. I don't know about now. But um, but that's how I kind of got my nickname. So, and I didn't realize that throughout this stuff that because I was the youngest and I was the I was the youngest in my dad's in my uh, my immediate family. I was the youngest grandchild, so I was sheltered a lot. And so for a while, like growing up, I felt like stuff was wrong with me. You know what I mean? And um, even throughout that time, my dad, even though he was a pastor, my dad was battling, you know, my dad was battling addiction. And so as he's battling addiction, I'm now thinking that something's wrong with me because I'm like, well, why isn't he spending time with me? Why doesn't he want to hang out with me? Why is he always saying that I'm stupid? Why is he saying that I can't do any of those these types of things? So that stuff stuck with me as like a six, seven year old kid. Mm-hmm. And then my life just kind of shattered when I was 10 years old and my parents decided to get a divorce. And so my mom randomly picked me up one day from school and she said, Hey, I'm leaving your father. Um, I already picked up your sister. We're about to move in with my dad. I was heartbroken. You know what I mean? I was traumatized. Cause I was like this small town in Delmar, Maryland. Like that was, that was all I knew. You know what I mean? And so then it turned into once 10 years old came around, I'm in elementary school and I just start lying because I want people to like me. I want to create a new identity for myself. So it just started with one bold faced lie in fifth grade. I just said, yeah, I've been in the state of California before, like just some, just some innocent. Mm-hmm. And the kids looked at me and you should have saw their face. They were like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like admiring me, mesmerized over me. And I was hiding behind just being the face of attention or being like the main attraction. You know what I mean? And so I was living behind that for a very long time, especially through like middle school, I would say once I found friends and then I got introduced to pornography at that time. Um, I was about, I think I was about 11 years old, 10 or 11 years old when I started. What grade? Do you know what grade that is? It's about fifth, sixth grade. Okay. I was going to say I was, I'm, I like almost like remember it. I can like picture myself yeah. my first exposure. Same. I, I think it was like seventh grade. Yeah. For me, mm-hmm. it's yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I saw like the like the DVDs like as a like as a kid. Like you know, like they were like around the house or whatnot. Like the DVD tastes like how you went to like the adult video store. But my first experience that I fully remember was I was at my house. It was me and my buddies. We had a sleepover. My mom went to sleep. My sister wasn't home, and we were on the internet looking at, you know, pornography. And that was the first instance I remember. And ever since then, it was kind of like a constant thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was, yeah, that's kind of my upbringing for sure. I mean. So it starts with the lie. Yeah. And then it kind of. It festered. Yeah. Molds into that. Mm -hmm. Is that through 
kids you're hanging out with at school too like obviously trying to hold an an image of yeah. what it looks like to be cool or mm-hmm. fit in whatever it is are those kids also impacting the porn and and kind of that or is that just like a coping mechanism or how did you how do those two relate in a way yeah. well i realized that it was two things right so initially it just started off as if i wanted to i wanted to fit in with my friends i wanted to people please i didn't want to be alone i didn't want to be seen as an outsider i didn't want to be seen as weird because i was seen as weird back in delmar like around like um in my elementary school and all of those things so at this time i didn't want to be i wanted to fit in and so with me fitting in i was doing what the other knucklehead kids were doing in middle school however i think it wasn't until i want to say maybe seventh grade where I had like my first quote unquote heartbreak, you know, mm-hmm. you know, seventh grade. It's not really a heartbreak, but you know what I'm saying? Hey man, those, <laughs> those impact you. Yeah, no facts. I was playing Chris Brown's albums like crazy. <laughs> like I was, I was going nuts, bro. I, I was on the airplane, not to, not to cut into the story, no, but like, I was on the airplane today and sorry for the listeners. If you hear my dogs barking outside, I'm not sure if you can get that feedback or not. They're going, they're going crazy. Uh, I was on the airplane with two people, obviously sitting next to me. Yeah. And... They, she was talking about, it was a crazy conversation, but she's like, I cheat on all my boyfriends, oh all my this. Gosh. Like we were just talking about crazy stuff. And I, and me and the guy, he played football at Vandy actually. Oh, so wow. shout out to him. Um, we kind of agreed. It's like every dude like has, it's like a lover boy at heart initially yeah until he has that first heartbreak and he's just and then it just it makes him a savage (laughs) and then then all the girls from then on kind of get hurt by it yeah but like it's always because that one girl Mm -hmm. initially broke you yeah and you never really hurt or never really healed from it yeah and it just carries on the male ego is fragile so i'm not trying to blame put any blame on anybody because a lot of blame should go on the men are not that are not healing themselves absolutely but to those girls back in seventh, eighth, <laughs> high school, y'all are the reasons. All mm. the reasons. Nah. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. Whenever I get in a relationship and it nah, ends, nah, or, nah. or I'm like, a little toxic, I'm like, here's a uh, here's my uh, girlfriend from freshman year high school's number. Uh, you, can, nah, you can reach out nah, to her. Nah, That's nah. the problem. Nah, I think I think at the time that was a that was a great way to that was a great way to cope. But now that you know better, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think it's I think now that we should yeah maybe nah, we should do better guys. now. But yeah. I would say. At first, it was an initial thing where um, it turned into just like pleasing my friends. And then eventually, it turned into this is what I was going to run to when I felt rejected. Mm. This is where I was going to run to when I felt abandoned. This is where I was going to run to when I felt disappointed. Because think about this. No matter all the porn that I watch, I know for a fact the website's not going to change. The scenes I like are always going to be there. The adult film stars that you enjoy are always going to have something up. You have control over it, right? However, if I'm, for example, like if I'm having a conversation with you, God forbid something could happen where we fall out and we don't talk again for like 20 years. I don't have control over that, mm-hmm. right? But here, when I have this video, if I have all these things, I have control over it. So the problem is that I needed to relinquish control. Mm. And the issue was that, and I and I say this all the time, and like Tim Ross says this a couple, Tim Ross said this one time, so shout out to him if, Basement. He, ever, if he ever sees this, but... Tim, we'll have you on one day, hopefully. Yeah. You know, <laughs> one day, one day. We'll see how Tim this Ross grows. If that grows that way, yeah. Tim. We'll speak that in crazy faith. He'll be on here one day. And we can bring Denzel on. I, I was listening to Tim's last episode. He wants Denzel. So we can make that all happen. <laughs> For sure. 
But um, but Tim Ross says he says that um, he was talking about his personal life, and he said porn was not the root of his problem. Porn was the fruit of his problem. Mm. So the issue was that porn wasn't my problem. Porn was my solution, right? Um, and so I think because I wasn't able to admit that I was upset, I wasn't able to admit that I was hurt, I wasn't able to admit that I was trying to fit in with my friends as like an 11, 12 year old boy. It just festered and it grew into other things, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and you know, porn is like a gateway to other stuff, like other sexual sins and other lustful thoughts and everything. And so, um, I will say to answer your question, I think it started off as just like a people pleasing thing. And then eventually along the way, it turned into a coping mechanism where it just, it had rain over me for, for years, you know, it, have, it has rain over <clears throat> I don't know what the percentage is, but yeah, it's, it it's pretty high. Like it's ninety percent, maybe it's, yeah. more. It's like almost every man has that issue. Yeah, like, and it's an issue that you're gonna always. I mean, we talked about this, I think, over the phone. Is like, yeah, it's something that's always gonna be absolutely a struggle and like a thing that's there. So like it's it's, you don't just yeah, you don't yeah just miraculously wake up one day and it's just not there, right? Because it's everywhere, right, 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 right. And it's yeah, it's once you realize the root. Of where it, where it stems from, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times it's, I mean, and it becomes an addiction. It's like yeah. there's boredom when you're bored. Yep. When you're stressed, it's like, what's the first thing I can do to like mm-hmm. get that quick release of yeah, my stress? For sure. And that's what. And when you realize that, it's like, okay, how do I get rid of that and replace it yeah. with something else that can that can scratch the itch that I need to scratch? And the crazy part about it though is that your spirit, because the Bible says how your spirit and flesh are always at war. So when your spirit might say, I want milk and honey, but your body was so used to eating berries and grapes, it's now like when you decide to make that mental switch, your body's like, whoa, wait a second. What's going on? Why are we doing this? Where is this coming Mm -hmm. from? And so then you eventually start feeling bad because you end up having withdrawals when Mm -hmm. you begin. And then you start falling back into it a little bit. And you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing about it is we need to learn how to replace that. One, well, no. One, you need to understand what the issue is. Understand why is it that you're running to this thing? Why is this thing still have control of you? Then two, now that you know that, how can you work on replacing that thing? Mm -hmm. Do you have accountability partners? Do you have time limits on your phone? Do you have blockers on your phone? Like, are you now taking that and exuding it into other energy, into other energies, into other things? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's... I think, yeah, so many people try to just starve themselves Absolutely. of it, and then they just Absolutely. inevitably just fail. Yeah. Like, 100%. you can only hold out for so long. 100%. That. And then one thing goes wrong, and you're, you're right, right back, back to it. into it. Yeah. So that's that's good That's good wisdom there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if we want to dive a little bit deeper into high school years at all okay. or whatever, or if we want to yeah. maybe move into college. Okay. And, um, cause I, I, I still... Was there any at any point during high school where the the needle moved back to like, hey, I'm gonna refocus in? Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is all a faith journey. Yeah, like, all for like sure. obviously there's ups and downs, or whatever. For sure. But then there's you know there's times where it's like, hey, I'm gonna rededicate. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. The Lord's working through all mm-hmm. of that when mm-hmm. you su- when you submit to Him. Absolutely. At whatever point you do. Absolutely. Was there a point in high school where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm gonna I need to I need yeah. to shift back or I need yeah. to yeah was there was that I will say junior year, um, I kind of got into this thing where I said, okay, well, I'm going to start serving at my church. I'm going to start getting more acclimated. I'm going to start getting involved. 
senior year kind of went down that road as well. However, now at this point by senior year, I'm like, I'm now smoking weed with my friends and everything. And then by the end of senior year, I now lost my virginity. So there definitely was a time where I, um, where I wanted to be on a further faith journey. There's a time where I definitely desired to do that. But I think because I didn't necessarily know how to starve myself or how to change my path of pornography or I didn't know how to change my path of wanting to smoke weed and be cool with my friends and everything, those desires didn't last very long. So even though I knew God, I still said my prayers, I still read my Bible, there wasn't a fruit switch, you know what I mean, until... I mean, there was, you saw it for a little bit, but like it wasn't, it was basically all about the same thing. I've actually, probably what I did in middle school probably got a little worse as I got older. Once, you know, um, once I started smoking weed, I started drinking when I got to senior year. And then, you know, I lost my virginity that year as well. So I started going down a little bit of a rabbit hole for sure. And then I feel like college, especially going to a school like where it's not like you're going to a Christian school or yeah, you yeah. know college uh, was college was kind of wild and you're in a whole different area yeah and for you that's going from Maryland to upstate New York and for me as well it's a totally different culture yeah and yeah. you're just trying to once again fit in yep. especially if, as an athlete it's oh like oh I'm supposed to be cool yeah I'm supposed to be this way yeah and live life yeah. this way and then you come in as a freshman mm-hmm and you got and you got seniors, juniors, and we're just out in the world. Yeah, and it's real. Like, it's like you're a, exposed to. Yeah, I remember. Like, did you ever do a recruiting visit to uh, Amara? No, you I never did. did. Yeah. I never did. I just showed up, dude. I, I, I went on a visit. Mm-hmm. It might have been. I want to say November or October. Of. Um, you know, my senior year yeah. of high school. Yeah. And at, to this point, I had never, like, drank alcohol. Like, maybe once at, like, a family party or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I never, like, went to parties. Yeah. My my life was dedicated to sports. Absolutely. And that's just my upbringing. Like, yep. my dad not being around as much. And he kind of instilled from an early age, like, hey, sports is the way for you. And it became, that's my all-out mission. And yeah. I wanted, and it's... It's so cool. I've talked about this with one of my friends. Shout out to Roy. Uh, it's like every day we are having like gospel conversations. Like mm-hmm. and we're just, they're really just world like conversation, but they like they relate to the God. Like it's absolutely. And that's for me. Is like I wasn't living like I wasn't saved at the time, but I was living different than the world or like how culture yeah. was. Like while well, everybody else yeah, is yeah, partying, yeah. I'm going and focus on my sport because yeah, like, yeah. I'm going somewhere. And it was just misdirected energy. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that's just a little quick on mine. I was like, mm-hmm. I kind of shied away from a lot of the stuff that other people were doing, and I didn't get exposed. But on that recruiting visit, man, I think that was the first time I ever like had like more than like two beers. Yeah. And <laughs> dude, I was, I was, it yeah. was not good. But I mean, it got me to go to the school and like the brotherhood that we had there. Absolutely. And, and, and I will give our brothers and our school somewhat of a some praise, I guess you could Absolutely. say. It's like in comparison to other schools, yeah, like bigger partier schools and all of that. I think we had it at least more manageable. Absolutely, where it wasn't like it wasn't out of hand. Yeah, it wasn't out of hand. But yeah. nonetheless, 
still crazy. Yeah, it still was. So how did how do you in that summer going into college? Mm-hmm. What was the thought process going in? Mm-hmm. Is like, hey, I'm I'm gonna try to fit in again, or yeah. or is it like, hey, I'm gonna try to get back mm-hmm. in the good graces of God or whatever, however you want to phrase, yeah, that, you know. So that summer, I think I told myself because I was pretty active coming home, reading my Bible, reading my word, getting into my music as well. Um, so that summer I said, you know, I'm going to go to this school. I am going to live my life for Christ. I am going to be dope. I'm going to be in music. I'm going to have my own identity and I'm going to be a basketball star. Like that was, that was my thing. I mean, I said I was going to be good in school, good in school, but like, you, you know, like academics, they, they come and go sometimes. But so that's actually why I adopted my nickname going into uh, freshman year of college yeah. because I said, you know, this is the name that I share with my dad's name. I share with my grandfather and I don't want to have to be known as, oh, I'm just junior son or, oh, I'm just big Henry's grandson. I want to be my own identity. So when I went to school, I actually got offended if people called me my real name. So I would say I, I'm Scoot. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's who I am. I get it. My government name is this, but my name is Scoot. So when I got there and then it was, I think I was, I think I was on a good path. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get up every morning. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to shoot jump shots. And then literally when we had our first party that Friday night, everything just changed. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I've never done this before. Like there's so many girls here. There's so much alcohol here. Like, I'm the life of the party. Like, I'm going to live this life. That led to me, you know, had a lot of sexual partners, partners freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely out drinking a lot more than I'd like to admit. Um, I wasn't really smoking weed like that anymore, but, like, I still dabbled in everything. But um, I think for a while, at some point, I was like, you know, God loves me. He sees me. It's What I'm doing really isn't that bad. So I said, you know, I love God. He knows I love him. I know Bible scriptures. I know all these types of things. I'm just going to still do my thing and God still going to get the glory at the end mm-hmm. of it. Obviously, looking back at it now, I'm like, dude, that's not how this works. Yeah. But um, that was my thought process as an 18, 19-year-old kid. You know, I was like, I'm just going to go out, have fun, and then if God made me this way, he'll change me. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. How do you, like, is there anything inside you at the time where you're like, getting convicted or pulled or like, Hey, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And it's just like that. You don't have the strength Yeah. to, yeah. obviously we don't have it in our own Absolutely. flesh, but like, you're like, I just, I want to not be a part of this, but I just don't, I can't. Oh, all the time, all the time. Like there were so many, there were so many times like freshman year where I just, I didn't, I didn't even want to leave the room. Right. There were times I didn't want to, leave the room there were times i wanted to sit in the common room all day and just not common room sorry what was that place called the lounge was that the right? com- i think I it's the lounge called, i don't know what it's called like the anderson like the yeah, Ando anderson, lounge. Ando Ando lounge. Ando lounge. yeah that was what's called that was what's called yeah. that was called but those are the days yeah those were the days but like there were days i just want to sit in there all day there were times i didn't want to go out there were times i just didn't want to do anything but what happened was i would think about the alcohol i would think about the girls i would think about you know those types of things and I would say all right I can I can act on this and so I would end up going out anyway yeah and then it led to me you know if I wasn't sleeping with the girl I was 
masturbating in my room or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it was, it was just, it was just a whole bunch of wild stuff. Yeah. So I will say I definitely had the desire to change, but I think at that point my flesh man was very much stronger than my spirit man. Mm-hmm. And so it, I was losing a lot of battles at that time. Yeah. A lot of battles. And those are the worst. Like when you yeah. know it's, uh, what is it? Romans eight or set Romans seven where it talks, where Paul talks through, uh, yeah. like, why do I do what I don't want to yeah. do? And all Stone that in the flesh. Romans yeah. Seven. yeah. And that's like a, for me, it's like, I was not a believer. Absolutely. So it's like, I have no idea. Like I'm just doing, I'm just doing me like yeah. what I feel is right. I'm going to do for sure. If it was wrong, I'm not going to do for sure. And there's no, like nothing like really pulling at me at yeah. the time. Yeah, but yeah, for yeah. you, it's like, I can only imagine that battle. Cause I feel those battles now Yeah. where it's like, I don't want to do this thing. And I'm still, why doing do I, it. and I still yeah. do it. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> why, why do I do it? Yeah. And it's like, dude, cause yeah, man, we were, this might be too, TMI, but Hey, this podcast is all real authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember we, we used to have like a code phrase for like yeah. watching porn. Yeah. Like, like if I was in the room, I'd be like, Hey, I'm, you know, choking the chicken, choking the chicken. <laughs> yeah. And that was our thing. That was our thing. And yeah, we just, man, we were caught up in it, caught yeah. up in all that stuff. Pretty rough. For and sure. that is, it's just wild where we sit today now. Totally, you know, different. Completely and obviously different. those are not, it's not like those struggles just go away Absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely not. But it's like, okay, I know, I know on the other side of it how I'm going to feel. Mm-hmm. And I know what the right way is and what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, Oh, yeah, it's t- that's tough, bro. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, even if I could go back and be like the person I am now in that moment, I feel like we could have been stronger together. Yeah. And it's actually something I've, uh, at an old church I used to go to, mm-hmm. the pastor gave a sermon one time and he was talking about kind of people in our age group and all that. It's like a lot of times we feel like we need to, like, we want the freedom to do something. But when, in reality, we just need the freedom from it, mm-hmm. the freedom to not do it. And when you can finally step into that side of it, yeah, exactly. there's so much like peace. It's like, hey, exactly. I don't need to like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like yeah. I know what that leads to and mm-hmm. I have the freedom to not do it. And that's, that's real. Yeah. Like, the fear of missing out is gone. For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. That was the thing that. I think just mess me up for a while because I'm like, I don't want to be seen as an eyeball again. Like, and I can see it now because I'm 26 years old and I'm thinking about it in college. Like I was, I was acting that way because six year old Henry never got healed. Mm. And so because six year old Henry never got healed, he's now showing up in the body of a 19 year old who just wants to have friends, who just wants to be accepted, who just wants to be loved. Mm. And I couldn't feel it. So I felt like if I was the one who was out like admitting and bragging about how many girls I smashed one night or if I'm bragging about how many drinks I had that night or if I'm bragging about how often I pulled out the dances or how mm-hmm. much like, you know, because you know what I mean. Like I was yeah. basically, yeah, they recorded me. On, yeah, I was probably we, on yeah. everybody's Snapchat. Yeah, like we went, year. we went to a school where uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should <laughs> like Scoot was just there's a lot of white dudes from, you know. Yeah upstate new york or whatever yeah. and it scoot comes in basically from... a flying a glass of milk everywhere <laughs> i went <laughs> so it's just totally different so yeah. you know everybody loved loved henry yeah for sure um but like it was just um but that was
of course. Yeah. But I'm happy that I did because I mean, think about it. Like it's it's a powerful testimony. Man, that is that's one thing I'll say is I look back and there's sometimes there's regret. I don't want to use the word shame because I think on the other side of it, like you're saying, is like there's testimony. Like there's Absolutely. powerful everybody's story's powerful. Absolutely. But when it's like some real nasty, authentic just, yeah. ah, I don't even know what the word is. When it's stuff like that, mm-hmm. people can see that. Absolutely. And they can relate to it if they've gone through if they are going through something Absolutely. similar. Or even the ones that and this is what I've always been afraid at, and this is shout out to my the church I go to now in Nashville. Love my community is I've always been so afraid because like I feel like these everybody's grown up in the church and has been so mm-hmm. like they don't do no wrong. I know Absolutely. we're all sinners, but when when they say that, it's like well when when you were all sinners, you were gossiping. Yeah, and and I was like living in like mm-hmm. really nasty sin. Yeah, I don't want to like I don't want to ever put like my self. I know we're supposed to kind of put ourselves in the Bible and like kind of relate and all these things. Maybe, maybe not. I get what you're saying. But like, I always see Paul's story where like dudes like out killing Christians, mm-hmm. and then now is you know like mm-hmm. that. It, and I, I'm not saying I was that way, but I was. We could talk about our story about me coming into the room oh, when you're yeah. doing a Bible study. That's very true. With our t- one of our teammates. Mm-hmm. It's like I was I wasn't killing Christians, but I was you, talking a lot yeah. of junk, and I was you were at killing people. them emotionally and spiritually. Yeah, I was killing them. Kill you weren't words. killing them physically. Yeah, yeah. but it, like and that's why I'm like, to we can talk about that story because I think it's so powerful. Yeah. In the way that, yes, I did a lot of wrong, and I have a lot of scars, scars that I wish I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things that's kind of different in a way where people ask like, well, what makes it fair, or if you spend your whole life. And then at the on your deathbed you come to Christ, right? And versus somebody that's been obedient their whole life. The difference is like I live a life with so many wounds yeah. and scars that yes, he can cover, mm-hmm. but there's still like you can still see him. Absolutely. And you can still feel him because we're human. Absolutely. And that is something that we'll have to live with as opposed to somebody yeah. that maybe was a little bit stronger yeah. or whatever. Like that's that's the difference there, I wanna say to listeners. Um, but let's let's talk about that story of, mm-hmm. at least from your perspective. Yeah, for when sure. When I came in that room, that was freshman year. Yeah, it was freshman year. So I was there with uh, one of our teammates, um, and we were having Bible study. And literally, as we're having Bible study, you walk in the room, and you just look at us, and you just start laughing. And so we look at you, and we're like, what's going on? And you're like, nah, I just think it's funny that like you're just sitting here in this setting and just talking about God. Like, that's, that's, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Now, mind you, like, I was actually pretty mad at you about that. Like, you and I didn't talk for about two weeks. Like, it was so. I probably had no idea at the time because yeah. I was just well, stupid. Yeah. But, I, well, no, it's not that you weren't stupid. You didn't know. You don't well, know. Well, no, you, and yeah, also you know, me being the stubborn, the stubborn self that I am and just yeah. reckless, whatever. Like, you probably didn't talk to me for two weeks and I probably had no idea what oh. it was even about. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, 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 maybe. But, yeah, but that, but that really hurt me the wrong. But that hurt me at the time because I'm like, God, like, I feel like I'm sitting here trying to dive deeper into you, and now I have people looking at me, laughing at me. And mm-hmm. once again, it was feeding on that six-year-old boy who felt like an oddball, who felt like he wasn't accepted. And I didn't pick my Bible up for a couple weeks after that. I mean, didn't pick it up, didn't even look at it, didn't even – I said, whatever. I'm not I'm not doing that. That hurts. Yeah. Um, 
And it was just funny how after that moment, I think probably like, it's probably like six months later, I would say, that summertime, summertime came around, you sent me a text and you were like, hey, bro, I've gone religious. <laughs> and I was like, you did what? And you were like, yeah, bro, like, I believe in God, but like, I have a lot of questions about it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, sure, knock yourself out. I mean, I don't, like, I don't know, but like, cool, that's cool to know that you turned religious. <laughs> And, but that was, I still think about that to this day. Like that's religious. that's kind of crazy how that all turned about. And then, I think your transition to. We didn't really talk about it junior year, like after sophomore junior year. But then senior year, you came around and it turned into, hey, so like I was praying to God last night, and I remember me and me and Pete. Shout out to Pete. Pete and I were looking at you like, what is this dude what on? Like what, what is he talking about? Like what what is happening? Oh, Who is he praying to? Like, what God is this? Is this some type of witchcraft? Like, is he burning sage? Like, what's going on? Like, what is... And you you came clear and you said, no, like, I'm praying to, like, Jesus, like, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm I'm just asking him for help about this whole situation with this, with basketball, with this financial situation, with that situation going on. And I'm like, wow, this dude did, like, a complete 180. And so, like, the fact that you kind of had that same spirit, like you said, of Paul, where you were saying, to heck with Christians... And now you're having a podcast, yeah, sitting on a podcast, right talking now. about yeah. boasting in the gospel and in your weaknesses. It's it still blows my mind. Yeah, it's thank thankful for God's grace. Absolutely. And like, man, the fact that in all of that, He does not push you away or like, nah, you're you're not worth it. Yeah. Or any of these things, because. For a lot of years, I did not want any part of it because of my upbringing. And it was not even like, there was not like, oh, I don't believe in God. Yeah, It's more of just like, I had so many questions mm. that I didn't want to even like gain wisdom into like mm. what it really, what it really means. So if I knew the gospel, yeah. then I would have been like, no, like that's, let me jump in on th- with Jesus because he, everything that's explained. Yeah is everything that I was, like, searching for. Yeah. Like, when it's like, oh, well, if God exi- uh, existed, why does this happen? Or why does that happen? Because, like, I mean, from Genesis, like, we see, like, this yeah. is how the world was. was we, we think it's ought to be this way, but it ends up being this way. Yeah, it's because well, we're humans and we're sinners and we're all... So, like, the gospel is the only thing that lays it out with clarity of, like, no, this is why it's yeah this way. Absolutely. And this is why he was sent, mm-hmm. and this is why, like, to save you yeah, from all that. It gives explanation. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just sitting in the analysis of why humans do every anything. Absolutely. And we're always going to be disappointed. Absolutely. Every single time. And that's, yeah. I think I was just really mm-hmm. disappointed in how everything yeah. transpired in my life. So let me ask you. So did you go to church at all, like, before you went to college? Or, like, was that never, like, a thought? Or did you even know? Like, did your mom talk about it? Like, what? how did that, like, what did that look like for you? I, I'm not sure when we're going to rele- release this podcast and what sequence. Um, so I may, I might have already talked about this in a, in a previous podcast, if we're, depending on the order of when we release this stuff. But I will go into that regardless, because I think it's a great question. Um, I think we were more of, like, if you were to ask us, like, oh, we're Roman Catholic. Mm. Just because, like, you just want to identify with something. Yeah. If somebody asks you, because then it's like you talk about like not fitting in. Yeah. Now, if a religious person asks you, oh, like, 
what like are you a Christian or whatever? Then it's like oh, no, I don't I don't believe in anything. Yeah. Like we weren't that far where it's like no, I'm an atheist. Yeah, like we weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know my mom and family. It's more of like in the Hispanic culture, it's very like spiritual and like mm. in the sense of like dreams and for and, sure uh, like these feelings and all these things rather than like actual like for sure knowing the word and for being sure. in it for sure. Um, so there was definitely that with like my mom. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, she's like, I had a dream about you and this or that. And I'm like, I've oh, wow. died. I've died probably 365 times <laughs> in my life to her wow. based on her dreams. Cause it's like literally once a year, at least, I don't even know how many times, but it's just Jeez. crazy. Uh, and I'm like, well, I'm still alive. I'm still doing good. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but, uh, yeah. So we, we probably went to church a handful of times. Okay. And if it was a church, it was like, like my grandfather passed away mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And I did not want to go because it's a lot of times a Spanish like speaking church and I don't like, I don't speak Spanish. So right. like, what right, am right, I going right. to get from that? Right. And then once, you know, my parents got divorced, my dad's not, he doesn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, there was like no like foundation there. There's yeah. no friendships or friend groups or friend of a friend or family friends that kind mm-hmm. of were that there was just no there was no backing. And then you have life circumstances, yeah. parents getting divorced young when I was young mm-hmm. and, you know, filing bankruptcy, losing homes. Mm-hmm. There was a point where we were homeless. It's like, why would I believe in a God? Right. But right, then right. when you like really read scripture, it's like, that's the why you like, that's why that's like, you exactly know, like why. it makes it all make sense. <laughs> but like the whole time I'm just like, no, I'm not going to read that. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the, Short of it. Oh wow! I didn't know that. I actually never. A lot of that I didn't know. I don't think we ever talked about that. Yeah. So it's, it's not like I didn't want to believe. Of course. I think it's just as when you become hardened, to life. Yeah. And very yeah. bitter, and that's something I've started. Like God has really redeemed recently in me. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, let it go, man. Let it go. And my mom and I. Amen. Had a really. Just. We had a conversation about maybe three weeks ago where we just cried. Yeah. She thought I was dying or something. So I was like, Mom, I'm sorry. Because you know how my, me and my mom are. We Absolutely. butt heads. And, Absolutely. And I've always kind of just like pushed her aside. When she does something, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you. I don't care. Yeah. And that's honestly a part of me that I was never going to let go. I would have took to the grave. And God's like, nah, you got to yeah. release that, homie. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to let that go that's because good. it's carrying on into so many areas of your life. Mm-hmm. That you don't even realize. Yeah. And it's not it's what what's the point? What's the point of holding all that? It's very like true. I didn't tell you to hold on to that. It's very true. And once I was like, Mom, I'm sorry, and we just cried and it's different now for me and her. Mm-hmm. Like I would have dude, me coming home for New Year's, like I didn't have to do that. Yeah. I was me and her got in an argument maybe August. She came to Nashville for her birthday. And yeah. we got in a big fight there. Oh wow. And I was like, I'm cool with not talking to you yeah. ever again. Mm-hmm. And I we didn't really talk a lot to begin with. but Of course. Now it's like we've been talking every day. And that's something, dude, you know me in college, bro. Like I don't, yeah. I can go two months yeah. weeks, without yeah. ever speaking to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like that for sure. Yeah. She would come and she would call or she would come up to the room and you'd be like, all right, I'm going somewhere else. And yeah. so it ended up being... Me and your mom. <laughs> yeah, usually, yeah, usually it's the friends hanging out. And uh no, God's so cool in that way that he's redeemed that relationship yeah. like 
like that. Like, I was so excited to come home. Yeah. And I've never been really excited to come home. Like, I've been in Nashville yes. for two years, and I'm like, I'm staying. Yeah. And how awesome of a God do we have that he's able to do that? Amen. Um, but just to, yeah, just to see my personal, as I reflect, I think reflection's huge. Huge. And we don't do that enough huge, as, huge. as huge. humans, is we always look ahead mm-hmm. to, like, what's next, and we get stressed out by that. Yeah. And instead, and and obviously live in the moment too, but like look back at like how much he's done. Mm-hmm. It's like we had that conversation in college, freshman year, where I walk into that room and I laugh at you. Yeah. You know? And now I sit here, like you said, on a podcast talking about how great our God is. <laughs> is insane. And how he's moved the last two years in Nashville for me. And has created a community, yeah. And how I've been just poured yeah. into, and I can pour out into my yeah. the eighth grade boys I lead. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, for that. Like, how great a God do we serve? You, there's so many people out there. They're like, oh, God is. You want to support the God of like the Old Testament or whatever, and all these. It's like, God is so good in all. Like, He allows us to literally mock other Christians. Mm-hmm. He allows us to literally like disgrace his name, mm-hmm. be sinners, do all these blasphemous things. Yeah. And the next day I can choose him. And he was like, you're forgiven. Come here. Yeah. He's like, yeah. let me hug you. Like, let me, let me cover all of that. Yeah. And I'm I, I'll, like, I, I'm going to literally send my son to die for you. Like, would you do that? Like, we don't have kids, but like. Bro, I, you know how hard that is, and this dude's like, I'd be petty. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'm I promise not, you, I'm I wouldn't. I'm not dying for some. I'm not dying for, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'd die for my kid probably. Yeah, even that would still be like, eh, like that's hard. And for sure. Now we're talking about just dying for everybody. Like, oh, I'm gonna die for. He is dying for people that are literally shaming him. That's like me dying for like the ex girlfriend that like did all this you know, stuff to me or whatever. Facts. Like, no, nah, like I'm probably not doing that. Facts. And, Facts. and he did it for everybody. I think and it's just hard to, it's hard to put your brain on about the fact of how much, how much he loves you. Mm-hmm. And just, I think when you finally understand that there is nothing more or there is nothing, there's nothing more, there's nothing less that you can do to make him love you anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause he loves you at the mass capacity already. I think that's, hard to understand at first when you are looking at all of your flaws but even though you have flaws he looks past that and he still gives you a brand new name you know what i mean like he's able to take your broken things and make a blessed thing like i've heard it said this way sometimes like your tests become your testimonies Mm -hmm. and your mess becomes a message Mm. and there's just a time for everything you know what I mean? And I'm just, it's its so grateful to know that even on those days where I'm struggling or even in those days where I deliberately just said no, right? God just wrapped his arms around me and he said, I love you, you're mine. I want you. You are still part of my kingdom if you choose to. I just, I can't imagine how people do it without him at this point. Because like I... I'd have lost my mind by now. I promise you I would have. There, you, I, I know people can go their whole life and never give their life to, to 
Yeah. God, I, I, know, I know that happens. But I feel like there's just a point in everybody's life where they just reach the end of themselves. And that's where he, that's where he just appears. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. It's like, I can't, it was co- like, you know, we talked about how, uh, June, was it junior year where I start? I'm like, I'm like religious now or like, no, it was summer going into sophomore year. Yeah. Summer going into sophomore year. And then it was started praying at, at this point. I'm not saved or anything. Like I don't, right. I didn't fully grasp everything, but seeds been planted. Absolutely. I've been started to, I've always been a good per Like I am stubborn. I'm opinionated and Everybody know, that knows me knows that. But I can, I will admit, like, I I don't always put up this strong wall. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, prove me, prove me, like, prove that I'm wrong in mm-hmm. a way. Like, so there's still part of me where it's like, hey, I can be, I'm not going to put this firm thing here. And I think in this way, I was like, I'm open to it. Yeah. Like, I'm open to it. I'm still, I don't believe, I, I don't know, but I'm open to it. Yeah. And you got to show me. Yeah. Like, you got to sure. show me. For like sure. Like, actions or whatever. So, in this case, uh, I think with COVID hitting, remember I was dating a girl out of college. Mm-hmm. And. Same here. Um, COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend broke up with me. Lost my job. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're a year out from basketball, and like I don't know about you, but like I just was not working out, dude. I was lost. That was a the hardest, probably the hardest. That was a hard transition, yeah. like from playing basketball at that time, and now you you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. Dude. But go ahead, I'm sorry, yeah. I digress. No, no, no. That's that's the real because it's. I'm sure any athletes listening, it's trying to find yourself when your whole life has been dedicated to the next season. Yeah. When the one season ends. Yeah. You're like, for me, it was like, I'm just going to knock and work out. I'm just going to hang out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever. And I didn't, I wasn't a great person. So all those th- things happening at once. And then I was living at home and I, I just didn't want to be home. Yeah. I, re- I reached the end of myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I can't do this anymore. So I remember like I reached out to you, I think. And I might've reached out to like Noble. Yeah. Um, who's my friend from home. Uh, hopefully have him on the podcast too. I just want to have people that have been along the path. Mm-hmm. Um, that have really shaped my journey. Um, but yeah, he, you guys kind of like were able to steer me in the right direction when mm-hmm. I was like ready to finally be like, I got yeah. nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on my knees. I got nothing else now. Mm-hmm. And that's when it kind of, you know, changed directions for me. Yeah. Uh, I remember being on a walk. It was March 17th, 2020, where I was like, Lord, I give my life to you. Like, I know, I believe all the things. Yeah. And he just gave me overwhelming peace for the first time I've ever felt peace in my life. Like yeah. That. And since then, it's been a whole journey. Like, I've messed up more times than you can count. But it's been nice to just have that security in a way. Mm-hmm. And not abuse the security. I think there's so many people, like you were talking about earlier, What's like, oh, I believe in God, I'm saved or whatever. So I can just kind of like he'll forgive me. Yeah. And it's like we're missing we're missing the point here. Absolutely. We're getting like a, a JV version of Jesus instead of like the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like if you do if you really believe, don't you wanna like be obedient and like like there should be a healthy fear of of God in a way. Well, I, I don't think, know if I'm wording that well, wrong, but no, it's it's not I don't no, you're wording it right. It's just I think also kind of like what we said earlier is that even though your heart may say yes, your body still needs time to catch up. Mm. You know what I mean? So 
I think the one misconception, well, I wouldn't even say misconception, but one thing that we get wrong a lot is because God has the power to heal us immediately, we think it's not working because he doesn't heal us immediately. Mm. Like, so yeah, like when you're saved or like yeah. you're baptized, so it's you like automatically. Like... Ba- yeah, automatically. And it's like, no. no, like think about when you break a muscle or sorry, not break a muscle. Excuse me. When you break a bone, right? You may have the surgery and you may be healed and the surgeon and the bone might be might be back together, but you still need therapy afterwards mm-hmm. to get yourself in a good space. So my thing is when you are healed or when you are saved and when you have that moment where you say, God, I give myself to you, that's the surgery. But the community walking out, going to counseling, yep. reading your Bible, that's your therapy. That's your physical therapy or should I say your spiritual therapy. To help you out to get to the space where you need to be, where God has led you to. Yeah, that's actually a question I was going to ask you as we've talked about, you know, our stories and yeah. how He's redeemed, um, you know, a lot of it. Yeah, or all of it. I don't want to say all, all of it because there's still parts that He needs. He's redeeming, and it's going to be a continual thing. Absolutely. Um, how do you? Because I've seen this transformation of you like over the last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he gets all the glory for that. Of course, right? Of course. 100%. How do you, as a faithful servant, follow him like today, mm-hmm. or how have you been over the last year? Yeah. What does that look like, actionably? If that's is that a, is that a word? Uh, <laughs> what actions do you yeah. need to take? Yeah. Uh, or have you taken on a day to day basis to, like, hey. This is how I was. This is my creation yeah. story. Mm-hmm. This is how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. This is the fall. This is how he has redeemed me. Yeah. Now I stand here, mm-hmm. where I'm at. How do I take the next step or continue to grow with him? Mm-hmm. And what does it look like? Um, one of my friends we were talking about this on a run the other day. Is we are supposed to be misunderstood as Christians. We're supposed to be honestly misfits. Like we're yeah. supposed to look different. Yeah. How do you look? Be, we're peculiar people. Yes. How yeah. do you look different? Um, hmm. It's a good question. Um, you know, this is actually something that I'm still struggling, or if I even look different from other people. Um, I think one thing that I really try to do is. I know I could say like materialistic things and legalistic things about me personally, like in my life, but I think the one thing that really has been helping me is how I treat other people. Mm. So like, for an example, I'm not quick to like Joan or pack on people or like make fun of people. Now I'm Mm -hmm. not very, I'm not the type to try to quote unquote, say something rude and, but say like in a humorous way, I'm very quick to call on people. I'm very quick to ask them like, Hey, how's your day going? I'm very quick to, um, just love people a lot better. You know what I mean? Um, I know I can, and you know this, I know I have periods where I can isolate and like, you might not hear from me for a couple months, but mm-hmm. I will say, I think the one place where I know for a fact that I have been seen as, or where I feel as if I'm seen as like, you know, a different person is how I treat others. I'm quick to give somebody a dollar. I'm quick to, um, heal people. Well, I wouldn't say heal people, but I'm quick to be an active listener. I'm quick to pray over somebody. Um, and I don't think I would have been able to do that on my own, right? Um, now, mind you, I could say the typical thing where, you know, hey, I read my Bible every day. Mm-hmm. I'm currently in seminary school. I could say all that type of stuff. But Which he is. 
I am. I am. I am. I'm actually got my um, working on my MDiv degree at Fuller Theological Seminary. So, uh, yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> um, but my thing is that it is easy. It's easy to do those things because kind of like the devil knows the Bible, too. Right. And so another thing is that if I sit there and I'm just focused on learning about, I guess, kind of focus on like the materialistic things about like me just continuing to read in the Bible is that I can then get to a space where I'm now focused on the book of the Lord, but I'm neglecting the Lord of the book. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think the way that I can examine how I can exemplify spending time with the Lord of the book is how I treat other people. It's how I can talk with people when I have a, when I have a disagreement, it's how I can work on my relationship with my father, how I can work on my relationship with my mother, how I can continue to seek new relationships and new friendships, how I can be quick to not argue with somebody if they don't see things the same way that I do, maybe religiously or even like, you know, because I know some people yeah. like they get into like politics and all type of stuff. Yeah. So, well, you know, that's me. Well, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's it's how do I handle disagreement mm-hmm. and how do I handle tension? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for sure. So I would say the way that I am seen as being, you know, how I, I am exemplifying Christ in my life is how I love others and yeah. how I serve others and how I'm quick to serve. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a word for anybody listening. Uh, that's, <laughs> and the, the part about debating and arguing is something, um, you know me, that's, that's yeah, like that's, what I, yeah, that is, that is something were, that I am working on. That was a job. You would be yeah. a professional. I sure. people say I should have been a lawyer. People say I should have been a lawyer. Should have been. I'm not smart enough, or nor do I care about school enough to do that. Uh, so I carry it on to my personal life, which is a problem. Uh, but that's something that, as I've as we close in on you know the end of the year and moving into next year, is like, what what can we leave in 2023 that should have been left for somebody that's. 80 years old could have been left 50, 60 years ago yeah. for, or could have been left 10 years ago yeah. or it could have been left, should have been left to yesterday. Yeah. What do I need to leave? And that's one of the things I've realized is I don't need to prove anything anymore. Absolutely. There's this constant thing as I've grown up is always having to prove something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What can I leave? And I think when you can like have that understanding, I don't need to prove anything anymore. And I can look at others and my three words are integrity, honor, and accountability. Mm. And that word honor is how do I honor others and being, and being others focused. Yeah. And when I walk in a room, Hey, I see you. I don't need to walk in a room full of, of guys and I have to like pick out my competition Mm -hmm. and like, how do I, how can I be better? How can I perform? Yeah. It's like, no, no, I can just show up. How do I can see others? And I think that's so good with what you were saying, man. Mm -hmm. It's like, Yes, we need to be in the word and we need to be building community and there's all these things that we that are required of us to grow. Right. But if I can just focus on others mm-hmm. and pouring out my time. Absolutely. And it's not even like in a sense of like, well, let me just like speak scripture over them or like let me have these like very deep biblical conversations. Yeah. And like, no, it's literally just showing up and, and like, Lord, how can I, how are you using me in my office? Absolutely. In uh, when I go to Starbucks or or whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. how are you using me? Yeah, and that is that is what I'm leaving behind in 2023. Is I don't need to prove anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And 2024 is 
how do I serve others as much as I possibly can? Yeah. And that's just looking for opportunities to volunteer, whatever it is. And and there's so much cool things that come out of that when you like just submit to like, hey Lord, I lay I'm laying my life down to you and I'm letting you use me and using me to see other people. So like like I can show like your light. I can reflect you. Absolutely. That's all, that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. And you don't even need to talk about Jesus in that, really. Like you can just yeah. reflect his light and others will be like, Whoa, what's what's different with that guy? Yeah. And that's when your opportunity is like, well, it's it's Jesus. Absolutely. Um so I, that's dude, that's really good stuff with the just how you look at others and and uh I think there's a lot of a lot of wisdom and that's honestly how yeah. we should live as, as well, followers. It's the, you know, well it's the kingdom mindset, you know what I mean? So in order so the way that we kind of say it is um in order to Basically, like, you know, they say, you know, the things about, like, the man who kneels before God can stand before anybody. So you have to go down in order to go up. Mm -hmm. So the way that you are pleased and the way that you can be, the way that you can be pleased in God's eyes is how you love his children. Because my thing is that God does, God loves us, right? And we... And when you walk with the with faith for a while, and when you walk in this faith for a while, you should it should come to the point where you should just know that automatically. Mm-hmm. So eventually, we just need to start shifting the question to instead of not God, do you love me? It's God, are you pleased with me? Mm. And when you're pleased, and when you ask like God, are you pleased with me? You then now start asking questions where okay, God, what do I need to do? And it might have you might have to apologize to somebody. You might have to. Yeah dish out an extra couple hundred dollars even if you don't have it you might have to serve in your local church i know that's a cuss word for a lot of people <laughs> but like serving in your local church is not a bad thing um also just how do you deal with just serving and spending like for example this free time that you have like how mm-hmm. are you are you sacrificing that to help advance the kingdom forward you know because it's not all about you at the end of the day yeah it's not at all yeah but in that, when you look to others, there's so much fulfillment that comes in you, like in a selfish way. Absolutely. That's like, I, I always think about that is like, when I serve others, I get so much out of it. So yeah. why wouldn't I do more? Yeah. That's like, that. that's really what it's all about. Um, Absolutely. I don't know how much, what, what time we're at right here, but one of the f- last few questions I have, and you could take this whatever direction, you yeah, no worries. dive as deep as you want into it. Um, how, like, what areas in your life right now do you feel like are still maybe there's like still a grip on you're still holding on to? Yeah, could be sin, could be whatever it Mm -hmm. is. Like, what are the areas that he's currently working in? Um, Mm -hmm. in you, I will say the one place for sure that um, God is still, I'm still wrestling with God with, is just the double mind. Right. So a lot of time I feel like God could give me a word or he could give me instruction on what I need to do. And rather than me continuing to seek confirmation to say, all right, God, I hear you. I receive it. I will take what I feel like he said and I will run it with and I will run it by somebody else. And if somebody agrees or somebody disagrees, that is when I make my decision if it was God or not. 
And I think one thing that I would love to do and one thing that I really am trying to hone in on is knowing God for myself and then having the courage to act. Because let's be honest, we do not serve a God who works in the ordinary, right? Mm -hmm. He is extraordinary. He is supernatural. He does things that just don't make sense. He takes logic and he just says, the heck with it. Mm -hmm. I that doesn't apply to me, right? Um, so the biggest thing I really want to do is I just want to know God in a more in a more intimate way for myself so that way I don't doubt or I don't question whatever he's doing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I adopted in college was um, I saw a tweet one time and I just I just kept with it, but it says, don't put a question mark where God put a period. And I can be completely honest and I will say that there have been times in my life, even times still to this day, where I feel like God's telling me something, and I'm like, "But God, really? I don't feel quali- I don't feel qualified. I don't feel called. Like, why are you having me do this? What's wrong with Billy Bob down the street? Like, what the, you know, mm-hmm. what the heck?" But that doesn't matter, right? It's it's all about trusting and obeying, and continuing to allow Him to do the heart surgery. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think one thing that really scares me is when it's my last day on this earth and I'm sitting, like, at the throne and I'm at the throne and um, God, like, tells, tells me, like, all my sins and Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Like, I don't want to go through this whole process of my faith, Right. And I feel like I'm doing this for God. And I feel like I'm doing all these extra types of things. And God just says, I never knew. And Jesus just says, I never knew you. Mm. Right? Mm. So the biggest thing is just, you know, learning more about who he is for me, continuing that process, and then continuing to just be obedient. Because I think that's the true outcome of faith. And that's the true outcome of this life that we live in. That's good, bro. You got me scared now for that. Like it, the depart me from me. I never knew you, bro. But, but I mean, when you think <laughs> about it, you're like, that's scary. Yeah, but it also makes you really reflect on like when you do things. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Am I doing this to serve me? Exactly. Even though, like, am I putting like God's like stamp of approval on it? Exactly. And I've done that so many times, bro. This, <laughs> I feel like that's a, I feel like that's in a man's nature. I feel yeah. Like men just do that. Naturally. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to do this, and like, I just put this Christian gift wrap on it. Yeah. Dude, I did that with, uh, um, what's it called? My desire to be a husband and father. Yeah. I had that. Yeah, yeah. I had that desire prior to ever knowing the Lord, and when I when I became a Christian. It was like, okay, now I can just move that desire, and I'll just put it in this box over here, yeah. and then I'll put some uh, Christian gift wrap paper yeah. on it, and I'll put a bow on it, and I, God told me, that, yeah, <laughs> like, then we're good. And exactly. it's like, nah, like, that's not, like, those are good things. Right. Um, and my running journey, for example. Yeah. I started out where I was like, this, God, I, I want you in all of this. Mm-hmm. I want every part of you in this. And then as I was training... And I wanted to run a sub three hour marathon. It became about the sub three hour marathon yeah. and what it would would do for my ego mm-hmm. or how I would look mm-hmm. and how cool it would be. Yeah, absolutely. And it became about that rather absolutely. than God. And he's like, dude, you totally cut me out. Yeah. And I lost so much of like the potential fruit absolutely. that I could have got from that experience. Absolutely. By by not having that. Um 
And that's where it becomes others focused. It's like, yeah. hey, I do have these goals and like how can I inspire others in that? And God, like, how can I how can I lead people to the cross by like my skills that mm -hmm. I have? Mm -hmm. And how can I serve? But yeah, that's dude, there's so many looking back, there's so many things that like if I were to die today, it's a pot I don't know, like I'm pretty I feel like I'm pretty secure in like my eternity like eternity and all that yeah um but at the same time it's like dude what you like all these things you were just doing for yourself yeah like you just you know what i mean yeah you just think about it because it's like think about don't get me wrong so think about um think about with moses and the people of uh the people of israel right how going through the wilderness mm -hmm. so it's to take them 11 days took them 40 years now mind you god redeems time right so he so obviously he can't give you time back, but he can make up for time that was yeah. lost. But think about think about also how the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So think about how much time they had to sacrifice if they just obeyed the eleven days. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like I think about that and I'm like, okay, I get it. I I messed up all this time, but like think about if God gave you a list, right? And he says this was all the things that you had to do. That I was trying to give you. I think David Goggins said this one. Time. Yeah, yeah. He said, like, think about if you had a list and like, and God gave you the list of everything. That like you when you to were, like, when you were like, when you passed away and like yeah. you met God and He was like, these are all the things yeah. that I had for you. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And and that alone, I'm just, I wouldn't say it scares me, but I will say I definitely question. I'm like, God, am I doing what you're telling? Me? Am I really doing your will? Yeah. You know. Well, that's the dangerous part in what Goggins was saying. Is then you can really, as a man especially, make it about your 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 works and what you are doing. Yeah. And like I yeah. said, put that label on it because it's like, do I really want to die? And he like had all these things for me, Absolutely. and I didn't reach them. Absolutely. So now it's like I need to go out of my way. Absolutely. To make sure I get that, and then Absolutely. now it becomes now it's about me. So there's there's parts of that where it's like, hey, I want to be all that God right. called me to right, be. Right. 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 But like, I don't. I want it to be that and not, yeah. hey, I want to be all that God called me to be, but I'm going to do it yeah. and figure it out my way. Right, right. So it's it's just a matter of as you do that is that he wants to walk with, with you, you. Mm -hmm. as you do it. You know, so just I think that is something that men, we just have to learn is that, yes, we have the innate ability to work. And God has created us for works and for responsibilities, but he didn't save us to do good works. He saved us for good works. Mm. So knowing that he saved you for good works, you can't do good works without him. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, just having that, um, having the cognizance to know that this whole life that we live is that, um, when you are called, it's how do you exercise that calling? Mm -hmm. And so I just don't want to be out of alignment. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a, uh, I feel like the last, however many minutes of this part of the conversation <laughs> has been uh, related to the Awe of God book um, by John Brevere. Yeah. Uh, I know, I think we both said we're going to reread that in the new year. Yeah. Oh, I, I haven't read it yet. I'm going oh, okay. to read it at the beginning of the year. Oh, yeah. So, so sure. you haven't read it? I haven't oh, read dude. it yet. I've seen it and I yeah. bought it, but I just never I, I never read it maybe it. back in August or September. Yeah. And I want to just reread it again. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's... It's so good. So for any listeners, must read. Yeah. And he also, he, he was on Tim Ross's The Basement. Yep. Mm, probably around the similar time frame. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when I first heard the book. Mm -hmm. 
but there's like this there's like different steps in like obedience yeah uh and one of the things that still sticks in my brain is obeying even when it like doesn't make sense to you like in the moment and it yeah. doesn't like benefit you in the moment yeah yeah that's good and that's good because that's i mean we talk about pornography and Absolutely. all these things and and what i'm stepping into and like sh- like putting a question mark next to it it's like so many times when god calls you to do something and it's not it doesn't have to be like a big thing like oh i'm gonna start a podcast or i'm gonna do this when he calls you to sin no more like go on and sin no more and not like watch porn yeah that's not like this big like that's literally just don't do it simple yeah and in that moment we don't have like this fear like this healthy fear or awe or reverence for god we forget what the promises are and all these things absolutely and we see it for our initial or our immediate circumstance of like well when i do this i'm gonna feel good in the moment yeah yeah and it immediately like that benefits us mm-hmm. in our flesh in the instant not doing it doesn't really benefit us in the moment it's very true so it's like i'm going to obey even when it doesn't make sense and it doesn't benefit me in the moment mm-hmm. and yeah. that's a big thing to like learn mm-hmm. it's like hey god's called me to do this uh, like are you like i'm questioning it and i don't want to yeah cuz like but on the other side like every time god has like really moved or called me to do something in my life, I have been so fearful. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. And, and you should, honestly, a lot of things should be scary. And well, it's new territory. Yeah. You know? And that's being it's uncomfortable confusing. is like, You're being even, a, even a secular sense is like, yeah. that's where growth happens. Very and true. Another, very, very once again, another gospel conversation for <laughs> non-believers. We're having those conversations all the time. Yeah. Uh, is like, okay, like I, I'm scared you're calling me to do this i'm gonna obey like immediately like i'm no more like pausing and like hey i'll think about it or whatever it's like no you told me to do this and i'm gonna do it and then it can also be like well how do i listen like is it god tell me to do that is it myself tell me to do that and and this is just for me and it might not be true or whatever but it's like if i feel like it is him pulling me somewhere or calling me to do something and let's say it's not from him, but like yeah. I go and do it. It's like I, Lord, I thought that's what you were telling me to do. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. wasn't like I wasn't like I was sinning or like if it was something that like was for good. Yeah, and it was just the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think he like. I mean, he's not the guy that's just gonna like be like, "What are you doing?" Like he's not gonna bash you for that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Regardless, if it was like really wrong or not. But it's like, hey, I took a step of 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 faith in that. I thought this is where you were calling me to. I don't think that he would view that in a bad way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, hey, yeah, I, I think his grace is, I think his will and his grace are too strong for us to mess it up on one bad mistake. Yeah, I feel like exactly. all that stuff's accounted for. And it, and like I said, if it's not like a really like bad mistake, if it was like, hey, I thought I was supposed to move to this place. Yeah. And I took a step of faith and I did it. And it was really just me wanting to do it myself. Mm-hmm. I think there's a way to like learn in that and be like, okay, Absolutely. how do I learn his voice? Absolutely. How do I learn how he speaks to me? Yeah. Because he speaks to everybody differently. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I, th- I think that's just my take on all of this is like, yeah. Hey, obey immediately, even when it doesn't make sense to you or, mm-hmm. or benefit you in the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that we should all just be trying to put into exercise. Like, yeah. like I need to be listening to him. And that's what something we talked about before the podcast is like for me, is taking pause before I speak 
and inviting him into like, hey, what Absolutely. am I? How am I supposed to operate in this conversation? Absolutely. Right now. So. Absolutely. Yeah. You got any? Uh, I know. I don't even know how much. I can't even tell how much time we've gone but we've gone for a while i think yeah, it's here been a- <laughs> uh, which is awesome dude which is awesome but do you have any like last little nuggets any words of advice wisdom um any last words um i don't really i don't really have any right now just you know just to continue to um reiterate just you know trust and obey and learn how god speaks to you um, just because, you know, it is important to surround yourself with community. And at the end of the day, your relationship with God has to be very intimate. Um, and just, I want to say, first of all, I just want to say thank you for just having me, you know, us do this episode for sure. I mean, we got, we got, we got a lot of followers. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> speaking that, speaking that in faith. Um, but, uh, but just seeing your growth and seeing how you, have grown in this faith and seeing how you are hungry to be a man of God, not starving, but hungry to be a man of God. And just the fact that you and I can have these conversations now and the fact that um, you and I can sit with each other, we can talk on the phone about it, we can talk about the Bible, we can pray. Like it's, it's a blessing for sure. And you know that I love you. You know my mom loves you. You know I love your entire family as if they're my own. So um, just want to say thanks again for sure. Dude, I love you too, brother. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I could be sitting here right now having this conversation with you or just obviously the conversation wouldn't happen if I didn't know you, but like I wouldn't be sitting here today like in this seat um, if it wasn't for how God has moved like in you, like through you mm-hmm. in my life. And yeah. I I just love you for that and for the person that you are, dude. It's very inspiring. And I know God has, I know everybody has their gifts and what like, but man, God has an anointing on you that like, I'm just, it's such a blessing to be able to be a friend of yours and be able to watch from a distance or close up how, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the season is of how he's going to like, just get, there's gonna be people that get to know Christ because of you. And that's so awesome. And, and I'm one of those people, yeah. um, that has been a part of that journey. So I, I thank you for that. I love you, brother. Um, I that. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. And I just want to end the podcast here with just like, I don't know what people, I feel like the Lord's just convicting me to just say this right now. I don't know what people are going through, what struggles, deep stuff, weak, like whatever it is. Like I've been, I've had a month personally going through a lot of stuff. Yeah was very in a really dark place. I don't know what people are going through, but don't be afraid to share it with somebody else. Don't be afraid to reach out to others. Don't be afraid to just speak on it with whoever. A lot of times that leads to them coming to you with something that they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. And when you're going through something hard, I think the best thing you can do is seek out others and try to like learn what they're going through and take the focus again off yourself. And it's very healing. Like I've, I've prayed for others. I've, I've tried to take the focus off myself in yeah. this. And it's like, man, this guy's going through the exact same thing I'm going through. It's very, the, the enemy wants you to think you're the only person 
going through the 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 thing that you're going through mm-hmm. for the first time in all of history. Like like I'm the only person that's gone through my situation. He wants you to like feel isolated, yeah. and I want you all to know that you're not. And I hope hearing our stories, hearing Henry's story on this podcast, is a way for you to share your story with others. And I don't want you to just listen to what we talked about today and just be like, oh, that's a really cool story. Like, they have really cool stories. Yeah. I want you to find in that, like, how God is working in you through the stories that we just told. That's what I want the focus to be. Not about us, not about what we're going through. How you can how you can see God in 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 yourself and in your story. Um so I'll I'll end it there. Uh I love all of you that are listening. Um just keep continuing to share weakness. That is where God's strength and power is revealed. We don't need to pretend to be somebody that we're not. We could be right where we are, who we are, and God can cover the gap. So I wish you guys a happy new year, or whenever you're listening to this, maybe five years from now, 20 years from now, whenever it is. I hope this podcast was able to speak to you, and I can't wait to do many more. Um, And I love you guys. So have a good 2024, people. We'll see you.